We're back. First ever two episode week. Doubling it up, baby. Let's go. Doubling it up. And we said on the last episode that we were going to do a draft that episode, Iceman this episode, no draft this one. We're kind of right, kind of definitely not right. We decided to do two drafts instead. So. Yeah. Doubling it up. Doubled up. But this episode is pretty much, we've got a few other things, like we said, two drafts, Iceman, but for the most part is focused on the NFC AFC championship matchup, a little championship Sunday preview and prediction, if you will. And before that, we have a new segment. We've been trying to workshop how to do headlines and things like that. So we're doing drum roll, boom, 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 boom. the two minute drill. So we got two minutes to talk about each topic. We're going to throw little quick slants, get out of bounds, maybe spike the ball a couple times. Going to run through topics as quickly as we can, but we're still going to hit them well, you know? Efficient. Got to be efficient, fast, efficient to win the game. There's headlines, whether it's around the league, off-season stuff, MLB stuff, whatever it is, just like sports headlines, and we're hitting them in two minutes or less. Not each, We're hitting each one in two minutes or less, not all of them. You know, the important stuff. The two-minute drill is all about efficiency, hitting the important passes, getting it done quick. That's what we're going for. All right, first topic on the two-minute drill. We got John Harbaugh going to L.A. Did not honestly see this one coming. Um, Really? I kind of thought he was going to stay at Michigan just because of – he just seemed to really be enjoying Michigan. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just – You just love college ball. I am a college ball guy, so. But I feel like you've been seeing it more and more. I did see recently, though, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show, that apparently Pete Carroll had been, like, advocating for that job and pushing for it, which is interesting. Pete Carroll wanted that job? Yeah, hmm. I guess not advocating. Was pushing for that job, right? Interesting. Yeah, that's a hot job. Yeah. They got a lot of talent on that team. Kind of surprised at how bad they did this year. So John Harbaugh can right. come in, make a big difference. It, plus, he does a lot of good work with quarterbacks. Obviously, Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. So I think that part of it makes sense. Contract wise, he was going to get eleven and a half million at Michigan, which would have made him the highest paid college coach. I think it's speculated that this is a, it's a five-year deal reportedly 12 and a half million a year uh so that's gonna be a lot cons to it the chargers have cap trouble as we know so there is that piece of it all in all though the pieces seem like they're there for this one yeah i i think it's got to be a money move i think overall um again i do like college ball more than nfl the michigan fan base is dedicated loyal just won a national championship you're going to la where they can barely fill up a stadium for a chargers game so that's a big but he had unfinished business in the league. Unfinished he business does. in the league. Got to get that Super Bowl. I guess, man. I hope the Chargers really get behind him because up until this point, it's been kind of sad how well, they came back out the stadium. That's fair. He was also a San Diego Charger in Y2K. He was a quarterback there from '99 to 2000 on the roster. I did not realize that. So, unfinished business, two different ways. Reset the clock. Second topic up, the other coaching hires. The Raiders hired AP and Tom Telesco as the GM. Players were really vocal. They wanted him. He did a great job as an interim. Max Crosby was very vocal. I think they learned from the Rich Masaccia mistake where they didn't listen to players, didn't work out. I think this one makes sense. There's nothing really to lose. And if you go another guy and it doesn't work out, I think that's a big loss. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the season, if the interim coach is Coach him well, just stick with him. Exactly. Next up, Patriots hired Gerard Mayo, internal position, the plan successor. That makes sense. Thought it was going to be Vrabel, but I guess no such thing. Next up, Titans hired Brian Callahan. Very different than Vrabel, but it could be a good fit, bringing a little passing game to Tennessee. 
could help develop Will Levis. Also, T. Higgins is a free agent in the year, so maybe he brings him with him, reunites with the other Clemson guy, D. Hop. Yeah, it really seems like they're going all in on the passing game right now, especially with Derrick Henry probably leaving. Sounds like they're going all in on Will Levis, so we'll see how it goes. And then next up, Panthers hired Dave Canales and have filled the GM position with Dan Morgan. Two ways of looking at this one. One, he's either stupid enough to take the Panthers job with Tepper, or two, he's smart enough that he took a job where everyone knows that if it fails, it's Tepper, it's the organization. He's probably going to get paid a lot of money. Upside, obviously it works out. Downside, gets paid and no one really blames him. Yeah, um, I don't really know a whole bunch about Dave Canales, but I do know a lot about Dan Morgan. Great player. Uh, Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley was Luke Keekley. Uh Excited for that, even though I'm not really a Panthers fan. Kind of still torn between whether I want the Panthers to succeed or not, but um, I think that probably is a good hire. All right, topic number three, we got some head coaching vacancies in the NFL. The commanders still have an open GM spot which is interesting. Shout out, no more Dan Snyder in that area. Um, the Falcons have a head coaching spot open. That's kind of an intriguing job. Maybe Bill Belichick potentially in that role. Vrabel's even high, or interviewing there. Yeah, so we'll see. They have a lot of talent on that team. Hopefully the next coach uses Bijan in the correct way. Uh, the last one, Seahawks still open, which is also a pretty intriguing job. They have a very talented roster as well. I'm curious about the commanders, but Bill was obviously the most heavily rumored one going to the Falcons, but it seems like that's cooled off just a little bit. And then I had the thought, I haven't heard any rumors of this, but what if Vrabel went to the Seahawks, brings back the old defense, the Legion of Boom again? Ooh, Legion of Boom was scary, man. Cam Chancellor, uh, Richard mm-hmm. Sherman. Damn, I need to get back to that. Because it's like if the Titans are moving towards the passing game, maybe the Seahawks are trying to move back to defense. Who knows? That was just the thought I had. Mm. I think Falcons makes more sense, but it makes sense for him. And Bill, I guess, depending on which one gets it. Right. All right. Reset the clock. Topic four. We have a little drama in Dallas, perhaps. Mm. Also a little stuff going on in Philly. So on the Eagles side of it, I'll start with them. They're keeping Sirianni despite the Eagles' massive collapse. In fact, they're one of two teams that have started out 10-1 and and ended the season with a negative point differential. The 86 Jets had minus five and the 23 Eagles now ended up with minus 18. And when they were 10 and one, their point differential was second lowest of a team that started out 10 and one behind the 76 Raiders. Uh, In some ways, it felt like the Eagles lost their locker room, but Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey have come out in support of Sirianni. Eagles fans aren't happy about it, but they're never happy about anything. But they are replacing coordinators and it looks like Vic Fangio is reported to become the new D.C. On the Dallas side of things, though, the Cowboys have decided to stick with Mike McCarthy, and there seems to be some possible drama in Dallas, uh, or better better said, with the Dallas family members. And CeeDee Lamb's mother on X was saying, Dak isn't it. They need to get rid of him. It's the guys on the team that want a ring. They work so hard, he don't want a ring. Then Dak's brother was talking about how he wants uh, Dak out of Dallas because of all the drama and the so-called fans. Micah Parsons' brother was criticizing Dan Quinn's defense and said, y'all going to miss him when he's gone, talking about Micah. So Micah is the only one who's responded to this so far, trying to distance himself a little bit. He was saying that his brother's comments are his on, and he's committed more than ever to bringing a championship to Dallas, but no word from CD or Dak yet. Mm, only got 10 seconds to go over this. Don't know how I feel about Vic Fangio going to Philly because I'm kind of mad he left the Dolphins. And then on the Dallas side of things, I think Dak just needs to get out. Um, I think Dak's a good quarterback. Dallas just isn't the spot for him. I think it'd be better for, I would say both people, but especially for Dak. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Right at two minutes. Let's go. Love that. All right. Reset the clock. Next topic. This one did not come down to the buzzer at all. Gamecocks upset the Kentucky Wildcats in Colonial Life Arena. 
Let's go. The biggest AP top 10 win in South Carolina history. They won by 17 points. And the way they did it was just domination. Um, Three ball, going down low, dunking on people, passing the ball around. Not turning the ball over. Not turning the ball over, getting turnovers. Man, they just look good. Looked like a good team. I'm excited for March. Got to make the turn. Lamont is cooking down in Cola. Lamont's cooking, man. I don't know how I felt about the hire initially. I just didn't know much about him. Sorry, I didn't know much about your game. But I'm all here for it now. Dude, I'm Let's all go. for that one. Love what's happening down there. Reset the clock because the next topic is Nick Dunlap won the Amex tournament. He is now the first amateur to win a PGA tournament since Phil Mickelson did it in 1991. And at the age of 20, he was the youngest amateur. Not undrafted. To win a PGA Tour event since 1910, who wasn't able to take home the cash prize of $1.5 million due to his amateur status, but has since decided to turn pro. And because of this win, he shot 29 under, and he skyrocketed up 4,061 places in the world ranking to 68. 4,000. You're telling me if you win a pro tournament as an amateur, you don't get paid? You don't get paid. It passes down to the next person. That's been my dream for the longest time. Just enter something, win, get paid. But now I guess I got to go pro first. It's crazy. That's tough. That's real tough. It's crazy. All right. Next up on the clock, last one here. We got Joel Embiid putting up 70 points against the Spurs. He's only the ninth player in history to ever score 70 points. And he did it in the second fewest minutes ever. For 70 points at 37 I minutes. I think the most fewest. Yeah, I stand corrected. The fewest minutes to ever get 70 points, which is kind of wild. Oddly enough, on the same day, 18 years ago, January 22nd, Kobe hit 81 on that day. So pretty pretty big day to hit some big points. Does that mean that we need to be keeping an eye out January 22nd in 18 years for the next one? Ooh, we might need to. 2032. Got to keep that an eye That might be on. the next 100-point game coming in. Just throwing that out there. Might be. He's also only the third seven-footer to put up 70, um, which out of nine people, three of them being seven-footers, I think that says something. 770, makes sense. 770. Uh, 76ers beat the Spurs 133-123 to in this game, so he got more than half of his team's points. That's fun. That is fun. That's big fun. All right, that was the first two-minute drill. First two-minute drill, uh, and that one in Maybe itself. one day we'll try to hit all of them in under two minutes. That feels crazy. Just like if there's a week, week. W-E-A-K-E-E-K. See what I did there? Ooh, alliteration. And so that was what's happening in the world of sports right now besides Championship Sunday coming bum, up. Bum. And so we're going to take a quick look, not a quick look, probably 10 to 15 minutes, honestly, at each one of the games, starting with the AFC Championship because that's what's up first. And so the Chiefs are heading into their sixth, that's right, sixth straight AFC championship under Patrick Mahomes. We talked about that last week. It's their first one on the road, though, and they are 3-2 and two all time under Patrick Mahomes with it. Baltimore is hosting their first one, though, since 1971. Six in a row is crazy. First on the road is also crazy in that six yeah. span. Five in a row at home is crazy. And now Patrick Mahomes is 1-0 and on the road in the playoffs. So he's never lost on the road in the playoffs. So that's got to be So maybe something. the only thing better than home playoff Pat is away playoff Pat. Mm. He's going to have some fire lit under him, I think. Which is not what the world needs. You do not need that. But, okay, so we will jump in. We're going to do weather report, weatherman coming in here, injury report, and then we've got some key matchups on the game, other random thoughts coming from that. And so to start it off, the kickoff is 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Baltimore. And it's supposed to be 44 degrees 
and a 94% chance of rain that's expected to last the whole game with 10 to 14 miles per hour winds. Mm. That does not bode well for a close game. Like if it is a close game and it comes down to a kick, that's not what you want at the end with 10 to 14 miles an hour. Dude, kicks, kicks and passing might be rough. But, I mean, obviously Harrison Butker's no, no chump. And then Justin Tucker is Justin Tucker. So that does kind of counter the conditions a little bit. Yeah, Harrison Bucker's kind of like known to be the cold weather, bad weather kicking guy for whatever reason. Behind Vinatieri. Yeah, Vinatieri is the, probably the goat of that. Everyone thinks about the snow game, the snow kick. And Justin Tucker's probably the goat of kicking in general, is which we he? may I have to talk about later on the pod. When one of them is special teams, the other one's going to be O-line. Mm-hmm. But injuries, speaking of O-line, the Chiefs are definitely banged up going into this game. Joe Tooney, uh, he did not practice Wednesday with his pec injury. He's listed right now as questionable. Trey Smith is also questionable. He His is due to illness, and so he also didn't practice yesterday. Uh, so that's like their line injuries. Uh, Natty is Nadi is questionable also, didn't practice with his tricep injury. Mike Edwards, the safeties out with concussion, didn't practice. Still questionable, though. Willie Gay, also questionable. Um, he had a limited practice on Wednesday. Legereus Sneed, also limited practice with his calf injury. And then Rashi Rice, Kadarius Tony, MVS, they all were in full practice, but banged up with respective hem- hamstring, hip, and oblique injuries. Don't forget Tony's hand injury. Affliction, maybe. <laughs> He might be better not playing, honestly. Um, or he could be your motion guy. Just scared. I mean, he's so athletic. So he's always a danger there. It's so but sad. That, it is so sad. It's like if I had everything you had and it was just catching, that would I mean, that'd be wonderful. So then the Raven side of things definitely looking better than the Chiefs, not as banged up. Mark Andrews is expected to be back today or back for the game, which is awesome. He was in full practice yesterday. He was obviously activated off the IR before the game last week, but didn't play. So that's exciting for them. That's huge for Marlon them. Humphrey, huge for them. Yeah, it's not just exciting. That's huge. Yeah. Isaiah Likely has been playing great too, but Mark Andrews will be big to have back. Mm-hmm. Then Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback, is he was limited in practice with his calf injury. And then uh, he's also listed as questionable. And then Traylon Wallace is also questionable going in the game uh, with his knee injury. And he didn't practice yesterday. So it's definitely a lot better for the Ravens than it is for the Chiefs. And that's the uh, beauty of a bye. They had time to let people heal. Um, Man, having Mark Andrews back is huge. That was Lamar's favorite target for the longest time. Um, Mm -hmm. Then you get Marlon Humphrey back too. Yeah, that's looking pretty good for the Ravens. And not a whole bunch of other hurt people, so. Well, so key matchups. Let's jump in straight with that. Since we were talking about tight ends, obviously it's going to be interesting to see how Mark Andrews hops back in. It's definitely not a just immediate performance when you haven't played for most of the season. But from the other side of it, I'm interested to see Kelsey. Mostly because last week was awesome, but the Bills were decimated with injuries especially in linebackers. And so you're an, you're going against a very different Ravens linebacker core. Does Kelsey still have a big game? Do people like Roquan Smith on your team for the dream team? Right. I also have Kelsey difference. though. So um, I think the fact that I drafted 
Kelsey in the fantasy draft or in the uh, <laughs> in the ultimate team draft, he's going to play well this week. You can count him for at least one touchdown, probably two, and um, he's going to show out this week, man. He's just a playoff yeah, I mean, guy. You heard it here. Yeah, that's probably the most in depth analysis you're ever going to get because Allen drafted him. He's going to go up to this point. It's worked. So um, <laughs> it's gonna... not only that, playoffs, man. Kelsey shows up. When's the last time Kelsey had less than 50 yards receiving in a playoff game? No, it's true. I don't know if he ever has. Him and Patrick Mahomes have the record for most quarterback receiver touchdowns in the playoffs. Is Jason Kelsey going to be there without a shirt on, chugging? That's a game changer. And yes, I think he probably will be. Uh, You got to factor that in. Yeah, everyone talks about the Taylor Swift boost. We're here to say, yeah, that's a good boost. But the Jason Kelsey boost might be even more. You put them in tandem. Mm, I think it's more like... Jason Kelsey um, boosts out of Taylor Swift's uh, that she's been dragging Travis down. Yeah, I'm going with with Taylor. Travis kind of dipped with Jason. He's back up. Any Swifties that have listened to this podcast or are listening to this podcast, just unleash on Allen. Bring it. Let him have I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I like them both. We don't have to go there. I like him. I like her too. You know, I'm going to save you from any words that are you're going to regret or people are going to make you regret by talking about Taylor. Mm-hmm. Swift. That's okay. Bring the heat, but we'll jump into the next one anyway. So I'm excited to see the Ravens pass rush versus the Chiefs pass block. I think it does hurt. Obviously, hurts a good bit if Joe Tooney doesn't play. So watching out for that. The injuries are big. Also, fun, fun, interesting tidbit. The PFF grade for the Ravens pass rush is sixth in the league. And the Chiefs' pass block is also sixth in the league. Mm. So it's pretty much strength on strength going into this game. We'll tie it up. It'll be interesting to see who wins. Can can the Ravens get pressure on Patrick Mahomes without having to blitz? Because we know that if you blitz against him, he tears it up. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, for the Ravens, even if you do get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he's so good at scrambling and just making things happen. Um your cornerbacks really have to be locked down because even if you get pressure, he's going to have extra time either way. The next two matchups that I have on this list are probably what's going to determine the game the most. And the first one of it is what you're just saying. It's going to be the Ravens pass coverage versus playoff pat. It's like throw off the regular season, throw out everything that we know about the chiefs in 2023. It's the playoffs now. And then on, so you've got Patrick Mahomes doing his thing, improvising, making plays against an elite second in the league pass coverage in the Ravens. It's strength on strength again. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's the playoffs now. And it almost feels reminiscent of talking about Brady in the playoffs, unfortunately. But if Brady could run, if Brady could scramble. (laughs) So uh, he just has that extra dimension to his game. Uh, Like I was saying, you got to cover for just so much longer than for like a quarterback like Brady because he can scramble. Just keep extending the plays. Yeah. So that's a super intriguing matchup. Obviously, that's, that is going to be a huge part of the game there. The one thing we've been glazing playoff, Pat, but in all seriousness, Patrick Mahomes is incredible in the playoffs. But if we're objectively looking at the 2023 season playoffs, you go in against a Dolphin squad that we talked about was decimated by injuries. They were literally picking up defensive it. And Lyman edges at the end of the season, just off the streets. Yeah, we all know obviously. the Dolphins were better if they, they weren't were better, injured. But the injuries, right, right? If they weren't injured, they they would probably be going to the Super Bowl and probably win. Oh yeah. But then also the Bills, decimated by injuries, 
they were down to four linebackers before the game and one of them got hurt and was still forced to play. So there is a small asterisk. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes has earned everything that people are saying about him in the playoffs. But are the Chiefs really back? Because last week we were saying they looked like old form Chiefs. Are they really back or have they just been playing injured teams? That is a very good point. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. What do you think? I think it definitely is both, which the final thought for me on this game, we've got some more matchups to get into, but it it almost feels like both teams are inevitable. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like something has to give going into this one. The Ravens have been dominant. I remember early on in the season, I was talking about how it felt like all the pieces were there for the Ravens. They just didn't quite step on a team and just do- like dominate them, demolish them, put them away when they had them up. And then a couple weeks after I started saying that, they started doing that. And then from that point on, the Ravens have been dominant. Obviously, we saw on Christmas what they did against the 49ers. So they're dominant. There's a determination with Lamar Jackson in this playoffs, which feel scary for anyone playing. And then there's playoff Pat. Yeah. I think the way both of them ended the season, the Ravens were just, like you're saying, just dominant. They were stepping on people's necks. The Chiefs were like scrambling to get a spot in the playoff, to get a good spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um I think carrying over that, you gotta you gotta think maybe Ravens, but um, again, last couple weeks, Chiefs are kind of just hard to go against them. But so then that's to the question we were just talking about: how much of it is the Chiefs being back, and how much of it is the teams they were playing being injured and beat up? And I think it's a both end. I think I'm going seventy percent Chiefs back, thirty percent injuries. Oh, we're going percentage. Yeah, what do you got? In that what case, do you got percentage I'm going to hit a 63% Chiefs back. Ooh. Dive a little further into why 63. Just felt like a, a number that if I say it, it makes it seem like I've thought through it more than I did. Oh, yeah. I, I like your number. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, next up, next matchup to be looking out for is the run game from both sides of it. Last week, Josh Allen put up 72 rushing yards against the Chiefs and then you've got Lamar Jackson now like if Josh Allen's doing that great runner but Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson yeah electric ground game for Lamar Jackson obviously um not to be slept on though the Chiefs ground game with Pacheco Pacheco's been tearing it up on the ground uh been reading all these tweets about um Pacheco looks like he bite people when he runs or (laughs) like a kid that's trying on new shoes when he runs, but because uh, he's got that just aggressive running style, but dude's coming to get you when he runs. Like he wants to run you over. I was uh, I listened to Clyde Edwards Hilaire talking about it earlier, and he was like, he runs. I hear all the the memes and things. He's like, he runs so angry, but he's the happiest dude you're ever gonna be around. Yeah, I watched the video of them showing him like the tweets about him. He thought they were hilarious. He is also banged up going into this game, so. He has the ankle toe injury and didn't practice on Wednesday. He's questionable. He's definitely, I say definitely, he's probably going to play, most likely going to play. But will he be 100%? I'm not sure. And then to play the other side of the equation, the Ravens defense is elite, but their run defense is is probably their weakness. They're rated 13th. So it's obviously not like a bad defense, but pass defense is too. Being able to run and establish that will go a long way to helping the Chiefs case in this game. I think the pivotal player in this game is Roquan Smith. I think, you know, he's going to be huge in stopping the run game for both um, 
Mahomes or sorry, Pacheco, and he's going to be on Mahomes a lot as well. Theoretically, I mean that's what I would do. Plus, Kelsey coming through there could be picking him up on different parts. Yeah, I would say the linebacker core as a whole for the Ravens are going to be huge in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like the matchups more for the Ravens in this game. I think on paper, the way they played all year, the way that they even just rolled the Texans last week are def they're definitely favorable for the Ravens in this game. But at the same time, you can't rule out the Chiefs. The ability that Patrick Mahomes has to extend a play, like we said, they have great coverage, but if you add four seconds before you make a pass, that's a lot harder to lock someone down for four more seconds. Absolutely. So there's that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the matchups are definitely favorable for the Ravens. The last matchup, if you will, that's interesting is the halftime adjustments. If you look at it, the Chiefs, they made a good adjustments on defense against the Bills last week. They started shutting down the run a lot more. The Ravens also made some good halftime adjustments against the Texans because it was 10 to 10 going into half, and they end up putting 24 points in the second half, winning 34 10. Baltimore is also averaging 13.3 points per game in the second half on offense, which is second in the league. Kansas City is first in the league with allowing seven points per game in the second half. Ooh, that is big time. Interesting that Kansas City's defense seems to be like their strength at the moment. It really is interesting. In terms of that. Yeah. Um, With Patrick, obviously, it's huge for him to have a good defense behind him. Again, kind of reminiscent of Brady's playoff runs. We'll see. It is is very, very similar, which is unfortunate for anyone who's not a Chiefs fan. But also, in, in some ways, the league needs a villain. They need a dynasty to fight against. So I don't fully hate it, I guess. I kind of like it. I respect it. I respect it. I don't like it, but I respect it. We will save our actual picks for segment in a few minutes after we go into the NFC Championship. But as a whole, these are kind of like the things that I would be watching out for. I think that the run game, to me, is going to be huge for the Chiefs. I think in a lot of ways, this is strength on strength that's going to be matching up. But especially with the wind the rain, the temperature, it's going to be huge to see can the Chiefs get a solid run game so it's not forcing Patrick Mahomes to be Superman the whole game. Right. I think it boils down to both teams have a good defense. Um, Ravens obviously have a good offense. The Chiefs had the, have the potential to have a very good offense. They have a good playoff offense. They have a good playoff offense past two weeks. So definitely strength on strength, um, just good teams all around. Should be super interesting. Then let's move on to the NFC Championship. We have the Lions, one game away from the Super Bowl. They would be their first Super Bowl ever. Oh, boy. They, they're one of four teams to have never played in the Super Bowl. Includes the Browns, Lions, Texans, Jags. And they're one of only two historic teams, them and the Browns, that have never played in the Super Bowl. And then on the other side of things, the Niners are in their fourth out of Fourth NFC Championship out of the last five years. They're one and two in those three games. All of America is pulling for the Lions in this game, including Joe. All of America Nine. wants the Lions Niners to Niners well. all the way. You've Nine never made it to a Super Bowl, that. man. you got to pull That's for That's great. Team. They'll do it another year. They're Will doing they? a, great re- a great rebuild, I would say. Oh, that. this is a rebuild year. Going no, to- I'm saying they've done a great rebuild. So oh. they're going to be here for a little bit. Because if I heard someone say this, so this isn't my own, but they're like, they're one of the few teams that have done it without a quarterback change or not. Sorry, without like building around a quarterback. Cause if you look at it, Matthew Stafford was there forever before Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff. 
I would say it's definitely favorable in the Matthew Stafford side of things. That's what the Rams did. But that aside, even if you call it a lateral move, they're not building around a quarterback. They've built all these other pieces, built a great line. They've built a great running game. So I think they're going to be here to stay. And so because of that, they can go another year. This is the Niners. That's year. interesting. This this is two teams now in the NFC Championship game that did not build around a quarterback. Is that the way to go? I think it might be. Well, because how often do you just get a Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, sure. If I can get a Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to rebuild, rebuild around that. If I can get a Brady, I'm going to rebuild around that. Even Brady, though, what made him so great is that he would take less money to have more talent around him. Yeah, not a lot of people are willing to do that. You got to be... Really dedicated winning to do that. But this game, it is 74 degrees, clear skies, slight and variable winds in Santa Clara at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time when this is supposed to kick off. So that's looking good for Brock Purdy. Especially if it comes down to a rookie kicker. Especially if it comes down to a rookie kicker. Injury report, the big one in question for the Niners is obviously Debo. It is looking, he's been 50-50 most of the week. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Nothing's broken, but... He's in still obviously some pain. I think it's leaning slightly towards playing, but at the same time, at what percent, what will he be able to do? Is it an AC joint injury or do you know exactly what it is? I don't know exactly what it was. That was what was speculated at first. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen either way on that. I know that when he was out with a similar injury to the same shoulder, the couple of weeks earlier in the season when they lost to the Browns, he had broken something in his shoulders. So there was actually a broken bone in there. Mm. And this time there's nothing broken. It's just the pain there. Ah, you think it's um, smoke and mirrors though? Are you saying that, is it actually broken? Yeah. Like what if and, they're saying that it's broken or that, that it's not broken, but it actually is just to make the Lions think he has a chance of playing. I don't know if you can do that because they're so strict on any kind of injury report with betting with everything else there. Uh, yeah, I guess you probably would. Get. I don't I don't think that you can fake that, but I, I, don't I know, know in college they do. Is it. is the whole league rigged anyway? Yeah, is the whole league rigged? I don't know, man. The colors, if the colors ring true, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. Dre Greenlaw, he obviously was in full practice played last week, but he still has that a little bit nagging Achilles injury. Um but he should be playing, should be good. Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, they were both not practicing yesterday, but it was just no injury, not injury-related rest. On the other side of things, there's a few more injuries on the Lions side, potentially very costly. Frank Ragnow has obviously been out a lot of the season. He's questionable with his ankle toe, so that'll be an interesting one. Jonah Jackson is doubtful, the left guard. So we talked about how, or we will talk about how strong the Lions offensive line is, but that could be a big injury. Josh Reynolds is questionable. He was limited in practice yesterday with his ribs. And then Sam Laporta, he didn't practice. Obviously had that knee injury in week 18, played the last couple weeks. Laporta will be back though, right? Yeah, so he should. I mean, it's listed as questionable, but he should be playing. Yeah. Same with Josh Reynolds. That's huge for the Lions. Got to have Laporta in there. First matchup, got to go with Christian McCaffrey. Probably the most impact player on the field. Can the Lions do anything with McCaffrey? He's going to have a good game, I think. The question is, can they limit how good of a game he has? And then, obviously, we just talked about injury report. Is Debo in there as well? Are you having to worry about him lining up at running back and McCaffrey going mm -hmm. wide and everything back and forth? I think you can count on around 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown from Christian McCaffrey going in this game. That's probably fair. I would be very surprised, give or take a little bit, if that doesn't happen. 
the question is, can you have him one touchdown instead of two touchdowns? Can you keep him at 100 instead of 150? That's going to be the the key for this matchup from the Lions side of things, I would say. Yeah, I think the Lions are almost going to have to stack the box and just sell out to stop the run here and, you know, blitz some on Purdy, make Purdy beat you with pressure. Because um, you you don't want to let Christian McCaffrey just run all over you all game. Because if you don't stack the box against him, he's going to get in space and that's super dangerous. That's true. But then the flip side of it, if you're stacking the box and you're blitzing, Purdy's very good against the blitz. He averages quick throws. He makes good decisions. He's also able to evade pressure and extend the play. So if you're doing that, and maybe what you're saying is if you're on the Lions side of it, you've got to make Brock Purdy beat mm-hmm. you. I think, do you make... Christian McCaffrey beat you or do you make Brock Purdy beat you? I think you got to take Blitz and Purdy, Um, especially if Debo is hurt because if Debo's hurt, that limits the passing game that much more. And we've seen, not to put too much heat on Brock Purdy, but we saw in those games, that three-game stretch in the middle of the year when Debo was out and Purdy kind of struggled a little bit, does that happen again? So then the other side, like the next matchup really is Brock Purdy versus Jared Goff. I think that, We've seen Brock Purdy have a bad stretch or playing like in the rain and stuff. We also, Jared Goff had a bad stretch during this year, but for most of the season, both of them have played exceptional. Uh, In this playoffs, Brock Purdy didn't play great, but stepped up when it mattered most. Jared Goff hasn't thrown an interception yet. I think that that will be a very exciting matchup to see. Do, are they on par? Does one quarterback outplay the other one? How does it work from there? Yeah, I think uh, the running game does maybe open up the field a little bit more for Purdy. If the Lions mm-hmm. can get their running game going, maybe that happens for Goff as well. Uh, it will be a super interesting um, quarterback matchup. Both of these offenses are so prolific. Um, could be a high-scoring game. I think it will be a high-scoring sp- game. In fact, I think that the 49ers are going to score. I think we know that their offense is good. I think that they're going to probably put up 25, 30 points, something like that. The question We know the Lions are also good. The question then becomes, can the Lions put up 30 and, and beat them? I think, I think that's what it's going to take for the most part. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to the Ravens-Chiefs game. I think both teams have a good offense, and San Francisco has a good defense. How well can the Lions defense play against San Francisco's offense? You're saying like the same with it, just inverse. It's like yeah, we're talking I about mean, two good defenses right. in the other game. Ravens, good offense, and then Patrick Mahomes, and then this one, vice versa. Right. I would say, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think the run, you just mentioned it, that's going to be another really interesting matchup in this game. The Lions, more likely than not, their offense is going to win because of the pass and the run. However, you can't be one-dimensional against the 49ers. So last week, the Niners didn't do a great job against the run. Yeah, they didn't do super great against the run. Aaron Jones kind of had his way with them last week. Well, and adding to that, Greg Olson in the broadcast, he did a great job of highlighting that the Niners' defense has been highly rated all year. They've been number one in yards allowed, rushing yards allowed. But if you look at it, a lot of that's because of volume. When you're winning most of the season, teams aren't running Mm. against you. And so if you look at the yards per attempt... They actually weren't doing as well. In fact, if we look at the um, PFF grade for it, they're 10th in the league on run defense, which is still good, but it's definitely not the same picture that the stats are painting. That is interesting. They do have some run stoppers there, though, man, like Fred Warner, big run stopper, uh, just all over the field. It'll be interesting to see him versus uh, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is quick, man. If he gets going like he did last week. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see him versus Gibbs. Also, him and Dre, Fred and Dre, what a duo name. That is a big duo linebacker name. Studs. 
But Fred and Dre versus Sam Laporta too. So can they shut him down? That's going to be an interesting matchup. And then the other part of this run and pass, really, we've got the Lions O-line is by far their strength. They've been building that. They've been looking really good. They have injuries now, but their offensive line is very good. And then the 49ers throw last week out. They have an incredibly talented defensive line, and their D-line is one of their strengths. So that's like another big matchup. We're talking about the run and pass on it that matters a lot going into this game. Yeah, that might be... That might be the biggest matchup in the game aside from the Lions trying to stop McCaffrey. Um, If the Lions can give Jared Goff time, I think he can distribute the ball well enough to keep up potentially with the 49ers offense. But that's a big if. Uh, Panay Sewell is blocking Nick Bosa, though, which I think he might be able to – I'm not going to say shut him down. I think he'll limit him a lot more than other tackles would. Right. If you look at the Eagles game this year, Lane Johnson – I would say won that matchup for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so is that going to happen again in this game? Yeah, Panay Sewell was good, sure. man. He's, was he, the, he was one of the highest rated um, tackles in football this year. He's definitely one of the best. I would say that him and Lane Johnson are the best right tackles. Yeah. And so that'll be an interesting matchup. We were saying this a ton in the last game, but the O-line versus D-line here for the Lions and the 49ers really does feel like strength on strength. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Lions have kind of like built their team almost around the strength of their O-line. They've been, they used a lot of high draft picks on O linemen, really been selling out for that. So it really does seem like strength on strength. And then from the 49ers side of it, last week didn't look good. But how much of that was a little bit of rust? Obviously, it's worth it to have health. Also, in the rain, they shouldn't have had issues with it. It's in Santa Clara, it's their own field. It rains there sometimes. But they were slipping especially the DBs were, I'm sure that that affected the D line. They probably got less traction. And then Eric arm said it was back, but he'd been out for, I think six games with an injury and your first game back, you still got to feel it out a little bit. You don't just jump back in at hundred percent productivity again. Yeah. I agree with most of that. Uh, the, the wet field also does affect the offensive line though. So I don't know. I feel like you're in the trenches. You got to get over that. But it, it certainly could make a difference. That is true. It definitely works both ways there. And the Packers O-line handled it pretty well. Right. So very well, I would say. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep your eyes on, the O-line versus D-line for the 49ers. And then another matchup that's pretty fun in this game is Dan Campbell and Kyle Shanahan. Dan. Dan. Aggressive Dan, Dan versus scared Shan. Scared Unfortunately, Shan, he's been. Yeah. Dan is the go-win-the-game guy. Kyle Shanahan is please-don't-let-me-lose guy at the end of the game. Uh, no, he's like, try to get a lead and then hope that works really well. He's yeah. way more conservative. We saw That's that last please don't lose the game. Halftime. I know. I'm just trying to make it sound better. <laughs> I know you are. But we've on this pod, we've had a continual thing going with, you know, what what's the saying we've said before? <laughs> Playing to not lose the game. Playing to not do lose it. the game. Do not do that. Dan Campbell is the king of just going and being like, we're putting all our eggs here. We're going to either win or lose, die by the sword. Two-point conversion from the seven-yard line, Dan, to win the game. Yeah, and unfortunately they didn't win that one. That was maybe a little overkill. but To win the game. Yeah. If the game is close, that's going to be super interesting at the end of the game there to see how each coach handles it. I agree with that. I think it'll be a good matchup. And to see Joe squirm. Dude, you're just trying to put some heat on me right now. Make me sweat a little bit. I don't love it. Just a little bit. It might not be a close and game. It, Who knows? It might not be. Who? It could. 
obviously, like, like it could be a blowout for the 49ers. I'm not just saying that because I'm a 49ers the fan. Their Lions aren't going to blow the 49ers out. They're not going to blow them out. I, I don't think so. They're not going to blow them out. I doubt it. Could it happen? I would be, there's like a 1% chance that All right, scenario. the Lions blow the 49ers Scenario. Out. The Niners have a game against the Lions like they had against the Ravens. They where, can't. Why not? The Lions defense is nowhere in the stratosphere of the Ravens defense, so they can't lock them down in the same way. All right, Purdy has a couple picks off people's hands. He plays a decent game, throws a couple picks, game turns I around. I still think they drive down and score. I like I think I don't see a game where the Niners offense gets shut out. Yeah, I agree. I don't Unless think Brock Purdy gets hurt like he did in the NFC Championship last week. Sam Darnold comes in and also gets hurt like the backup in the NFC Championship did last year. That's the one scenario they get blown out. And in this case, they practice and Christian McCaffrey knows how to come in at quarterback. If Brock Purdy got hurt and Sam Darnold came in first drive, would you still say the same thing? Yeah, I still I, I don't think that the Niners are getting blown out. I don't think the Lions are getting blown out, but I think that that's the... Like, it seems more possible that the Lions get blown out. I, I agree it seems do. more possible. You just said it's impossible for the Niners to get blown out. I, I said it's not going to happen. You made it sound like it's impossible. It's not impossible. It's, it's basically impossible, barring crazy circumstances. Please. Dude, I don't like <laughs> this. I don't like this coming from you. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, I'm just I letting you know that it's up. possible. That the you Lions just wanted to make game. me sweat. Make yeah, me just squirm. A just a little. We started with it. Ending with it, we're talking about the matchups. I think the important thing to watch is can the Lions put up 30 or more points? I, I mean, I think there's a good chance that the Niners also put up 30 and it could be a good game there. Don't hate the over. I think it's, we'll get into the next segment. It's 51 and a half, I believe. Mm. But I, I think that that's going to be the key, the main key to success from the Lions. Because as I just mentioned in our argument there, I don't know if the Lions defense are going to shut the 49ers down. I would see that very unlikely to happen i would be surprised with that as well um what do you consider a blowout three touchdowns plus okay just curious i'm excited for our picks i'm excited for them let's just go ahead and jump into that let's jump into game one like i said afc championship chiefs at ravens three o'clock eastern standard time on cbs the spread is baltimore three and a half Total points, 44 and a half. Money line would be plus six, 165 for the Chiefs and minus 199 for the Ravens. Couple of fun facts for you. The Chiefs are 20, 20, 10, and 1 as road underdogs under Andy Reid. And the Ravens are 14 and 7 at the spread in the playoffs under John Harbaugh. Mm. So that does nothing for either one of us because both of those stats have the exact same percentage. Yep, that doesn't help a whole bunch. Who's picking first in this? You got it. We've been saying you can't count the Chiefs out. You can't ca- count Patrick Mahomes out. But this is the time to do it. Ravens are taking this game at home. Ravens have been waiting for this all year. Good team, both offense and defense. I think that's the difference. I think the Chiefs have a good defense. The Chiefs have a above-average offense. But I think the Ravens have a good offense and a good defense. I think they win this game because of that. I would not say it as confidently as you did. I do think... I would say that last week they made me eat my words. I was slightly more than 50% for the bills. I'd say 55, 60% in favor of the bills and the chiefs did it. So there's, it's almost like you should give a little bit more credit to Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs than you think. And if it wasn't for that, I would say it's a no brainer Ravens. 
So because it's that, I, I mean, I, I think you're right, though. I think that the Chiefs are going to make it close. I think they're going to make it a good game and scary. But the Ravens are just so much better. Take Patrick Mahomes' little X factor out of the equation. They're so much better in every single area than the Chiefs are. And so factor that back in. I think that makes it a close game. But I still feel like the matchups are better for the Ravens. I think the true colors show in this game for the teams that have been playing all year. Um, And like we talked about earlier, the Chiefs just beat up on two pretty injured teams, not taken away from what the Chiefs did. I think they played really good games. But like we're saying, the the Dolphins basically had people off the street playing linebacker and D-line. The Bills had a bunch of injuries at linebacker. The Ravens have Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Huge difference. I think that's that's a a difference maker. It's a good point. So then NFC Championship, Lions at 49ers, 6.30 p.m. on Fox. The spread is San Francisco minus 7. Total points 51.5. Money line, San Francisco would be minus 345. Lions plus 271. The two fun facts for it, the Lions are 3-1 and one at, the spread as, at the spread as betting underdogs this season. And the 49ers are 2-2 two and two at the spread as favorites of 7-plus this season. Hmm. How does that make you feel? It would make me nervous if we were talking about the spread, maybe. Right. But it's a seven-point spread. Both of these, interestingly enough, the money line has moved in in favor of the favorites over the week. Not a lot, but a little bit shifted that way. I would say... The spread is seven. Uh, do you want to pick this first, or do you want me to pick this first? I'll pick it first. All right. So, you know, both sides of the ball... The better team is probably the Niners. Um, Christian McCaffrey, absolute game changer. The Niners' D-line. The Niners' defense is obviously better than the Lions. So, based on that, nah. We got to go with Hart, man. Dan Campbell is going to get the Lions playing. They've been rolling. Second ever NFC Championship game. They're taking this thing to the Super Bowl, man. They're going to come in to Levi Stadium, and they're going to get work done. The Lions offense is going to roll. It's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it comes down to Dan Campbell go in the game, Kyle Shanahan plays a little conservative, and the Lions take it. Maybe a little I, bit of wishful thinking. I didn't bite one bit on that because I knew exactly that you were going to do a little bait-and-switch for me. Oh, yeah. to play with my emotions, so I didn't fall for that. That's okay. You don't have to. If, if we're talking spread, it would be more in question for me. Mm-hmm. Seven's a lot. But I mean, I obviously I'm rolling with the Niners. That's heart and that's brain in this. I think, yes, I'm a little bit nervous, but I think Brock Purdy's going to have a great game. I hope Debo's playing and out there, but even if not, they're game planning this week to play without him. McCaffrey, he's going to go off. The Niners are going to score points. The Lions aren't going to stop the Niners. The Niners will stop the Lions some, and that alone is going to be a W. But I think it's, I think, I mean, I would almost go San Francisco coming the spread, but we're not even going to go there. We're just going to stick with, man, the Lions defense didn't look too bad the last two weeks in the playoffs. I know they're not like a high power defense like the Niners, but they held their own against, I know it was the Bucks, but the Rams have a high powered offense and they held their own there. It's like, if you go matchup by matchup, it's like quarterback, I'll take the Niners fan hat off. Quarterback, Goff, Brock Purdy. Let's give it a tie. Let's call it a wash. Okay. Line. O-line versus O-line. 
It's close, Lions. but I would say the Lions O-line wins. Left side, Trent Williams, obviously. But like other than that, Lions O-line. We'll even give... I'll even give receivers to the Lions saying Debo's out. If Debo's in, it goes Niners. But we'll say that, that he's out. Agreed. We'll give that to the Lions. Running back, I mean, you've got the combo on the Lions side, but it's not Christian McCaffrey. Right. Still not shabby, So though. we'll just call the offense a wash. Right. Other side of the ball, D-line, you go Niners. Linebackers, you go Niners. Secondary, you go Niners. You know, the entire Niners defense is better. Right, and so that, that's my thing. It's like if the offenses are washed and one defense is good and one's going to give up a ton of points, that that to me is the game. I'm counting on the I'm Lions fighting. Dan, and Shan. Dan Campbell, the Lions fighting through adversity. I'm not saying the Lions are a better football team than the Niners. I'm saying they're going to come ready to play. They got the whole city of Detroit behind them, the whole United States behind them. Everybody except the... Uh, the city where the game is being held? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think we're we're getting celebrities coming in, pulling for the Lions, you know, buying big tickets. Hopefully, there's a lot yeah, of Lions Eminem. fans there. Yeah, Eminem is going to throw a concert at halftime. Um, yeah, man, I, I got to go Lions. I'm sorry. Forget yeah. about Dan and Shay. It's Dan and Shan. <laughs> Dan and Shan. You know, Logic would say Niners, again, probably a better team because of the defense. Got to go Lions, man. They got the heart. Mm-hmm. All right. For Barry, Niners got heart. Niners got heart too, and they should have been the Super Bowl last year, but they got the vengeance because of the injury. So they also got heart and passion. Uh, they didn't but seem super up, heart or passionate last week, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Iceman. What's up, everybody? This week's unsung hero goes out to an 89-year-old man in Detroit named Benjamin Caps. Benjamin Caps has been a season ticket holder for 66 years. That's right. I don't know what you That's were doing 66 time, years dude. ago, but uh, none of the members of this podcast were alive. Yeah. And to think about somebody being loyal to anything outside of like a marriage for that long is phenomenal. But to a team that has broken your heart over and over and over again is incredible to hear stories like Benjamin Capps getting honored by the Detroit Lions with a special jacket at the 40-year mark. And then 26 years later, he's still in his exact same seats to cheer them on as they get to the NFC Championship game in 2024. So moving forward this weekend, hey, maybe you haven't decided who you're cheering for. But let me tell you, Benjamin Caps will be cheering for the Lions, as will I. Mm. Shout out to you, Mr. Caps, showing us what loyalty really looks like in the sports world. You're this week's unsung hero. Do it for Benjamin Caps. Mm. Come on, baby. The one thing I gotta disagree with you on, Trey, is you said his heart was broken over and over again. It's the hope that kills. We said that earlier, in, I guess, in the last episode. The Lions haven't had a lot of hope in the last couple of years. A couple years, last 66 years. They did have, they did have Barry Sanders, which is huge hope. You're right. And you're unfortunately, right. it's super unfortunate he never won the Super Bowl because I'm going to go on air right now and say Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time. And Done. it's a shame that he was on the Lions for his entire career. I guess so. I guess so. Well, let's do drafts then. Let's draft them. First up, we're going to do two drafts. You get the pers- first pick in the first draft. Special teams, we're going kicker, punter, long snapper, kick returner, punt returner. Who you got? Super first excited pick. to have first pick in this draft. Easy pick, Justin Tucker, kicker. 66-yard field goal, longest in NFL history. To win a game at that. And he's the most accurate kicker in NFL history. So I think that's clear-cut number one. First pick for me, I'm going to do a kick returner. And I'm being a little strategic here. I'm going Debo Samuel. Obviously love him. He's not necessarily the best 
kick returner this year, but that also gives another receiver on my team without having to draft one. And like get the volume up. We saw what he did in college. The man's a crazy good kick returner. And then for punt returner, I'm going to go Darius Davis. He was averaging 16 yards of punt return with 24 returns. It's pretty good volume for that. Six returns of 20 plus yards, obviously a touchdown. Stud. Stud. He can be number two on the kick return also. Mm, okay. Yeah, the Debo pick is huge because I didn't even have that on my radar and I totally should have. Man, that is real tough. All right. Got to go punter here, I guess. Let me go. Mm, I got to go AJ Cole for the Raiders. All pro this year. Best in the league. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that I got a punter and a kicker, and you've already got kicker turn and and uh, I, somebody, turn. people have been pointing out that we need to start drafting in order like that so you can't steal my drafts. E- even though even though it was still strategic The, the one that they're time. pointing out, we still have. The one mistake was cornerback. When they keep being like, why'd you pick a corner, a quarterback? Someone else has already done that. It's like, well, everything else was already locked up. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, come on. But I got to go Ross Matzik for the Jags. Um, another all-pro. Got to put him put him down there to snap the ball. Perfect every time. So now I'm free to pick anything because you've already picked the rest. Everyone. Do your damage. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do... I don't love the Cowboys, but I'm going to ride the Cowboys with kicker and punter. I'm going to go Brandon Aubrey at kicker and then Brian Anger at punter. I like that. Brandon Aubrey, that's a crazy story. Yeah, and who knows? I'm not saying he's Justin Tucker yet, but he might move in that direction. You never know. I thought about him because uh, he was lights out this year. You, ha- you have to go Justin but Tucker. You I have to pick one. Yeah, if I have pick one, I'm going Justin Tucker. Yeah, I wasn't sure. even surprised. Or uh, the only thing with um, him is the fact that it's only been one year. But other than that, I mean... Dude's a beast. Um, Now I got kick return and punt return. I'm going kick return. I'm going to be strategic as well. I'm going to go Devon Achan fast. And yes, he did return a kick this year. That's a great pick. Yep. So fast. I got another fast running back to add to Derrick Henry and McCaffrey. That's a really good pick. That's a dangerous man to to try to guard on a kick return. Uh, and then punt return, I got to stay strong to South Carolina and go Keyshawn Nixon, another all-pro. We're picking that, man. Really good season this year. So you let me get four all-pros? I don't know who won the special teams this one. Four all-pros and, and uh, Devon Achan. You did get Debo, though, which is huge. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take this draft just to get Debo. Yeah, that's fair. And then for long snapper, I'm going to go the NFL PA's all pro Morgan Cox for the long snapper. All right. Give the Titans a little bit of love. There you go. All right. Now that you've let me win the special teams draft too, we get to move on to the offensive line draft. Defense is pretty split split. on social media. Yeah. A lot of people just think we're idiots all around the board. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we pick the best players in the NFL and we're all idiots. So here's, I'm going to go ahead and tease it. The grand plan for this. We are doing this. We're going to do a coaching staff next week. You also got the first picks in a lot of these favorable drafts. Throwing that out there. You're right. Then we're going to go draft the rest of the roster. So we'll have a 53-man roster. We're going to put it in Madden, simulate a game. We're going to watch it together, get a little live reaction, make a YouTube video out of it. So all of that's what's to come from this. So all that to say, Madden's going to tell us who actually won all of this. You can feel great with your little pride right now, feeling like you won this. We'll see. Wow, but anyway, you're getting salty in this episode. 
Yeah, I am salty. It's because you were making me sweat so much during the 49ers. I'm sorry, segment. man. You know I actually kind of like the 49ers, but I got I just got to pull for the Lions in this one, man. I'm sorry. Tell my classmate you said that. Sorry, Debo. Big fan. First up is me in the O-line draft. You know I'm doing it, sticking with the, the theme of the 49ers. Yeah. Trent Williams going number one overall. Future Hall of Famer, no doubt. I didn't even write him down. Because he knew it was going. Yeah, I knew there was no, there was no need. Since you let it off with the left tackle, I'm going to lead it off with a right tackle. I'm going Panay Sewell, number one pick overall. Number two, I'm taking the highest graded guard. I'm taking Chris Lindstrom. That's my mm-hmm. second pick. Highest graded guard. All right, you took right tackle, right guard. So we've got center and left guard open on this. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go Joe Tooney. Get me a 2023 All-Pro. Obviously, he's great on Madden. That's going to play into that there. He's healthy right now in this dream world. I think Joe Tooney is a good pick there. Then center. Obviously, if I was going to go with the vibes, Jason Kelsey's not retired at this point, but I'm going to go Frank Ragnow. Okay. I'm going to take a lion there. All right. My next pick, since it doesn't matter, you can't steal any of my picks anymore. I'm going left guard at Tyler Smith from the Cowboys. Beast of a left guard, all pro this year. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty high rated. Center, since you left him up there, I'm picking Jason Kelsey. Gotta he's go coming out of retirement push. for you. Uh, he's just extending his playing season because this is still from this season. Okay, that's true, that's true. Yeah, because you let me take the Eagles this O-line. This is spring ball. It's spring ball that we're playing here you with let, our dream team. You let me take the Eagles O-line in the first draft, so I have to get Kelsey from from this. Because that was the reason you did take the Eagles O-line. Right, exactly. So I figured he was still in play. Last two picks, the right side, got to finish it out. I'm going to go guard, Zach Martin, tackle, Lane Johnson. That's pretty good. All right, since your left tackle is from your favorite team, I got to pick a left tackle from my favorite team. I'm going to Ron Armstead from the Dolphins as my left tackle. We got some good rosters there. We will. I'm excited to see how coaching goes. Mm, I That's going to be interesting. So what's what's your line? Read them out. Let's hear them. Uh, Trent Williams, Joe Tooney, Frank Ragnall, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson. You're got Teron Armstead, Tyler Smith, Jason Kelsey, Chris Lindstrom, Panesul. I mean, they're both good. Both good lines. I mean, you, both good. Yeah, yeah. Both good lines. I think yeah. you might have me on this one slightly. Wow, I'll take that. I'll take it. But anyway. Excited to see how Championship Sunday goes. Hopefully, our well not. Hopefully, my picks hit. The Ravens win. The Niners win. Unfortunately, may, maybe the Super Bowl graphics right. Maybe they saw it all along, and it was supposed to be purple and red. If you notice, Joe is picking with the Super Bowl graphics. So I'm trying to go a little off the books here. A little, little, little different. Go Lions. Hey, I, I don't love. Pride. I don't love that my picks were the two number one seeds. But I've been saying that for a while, so it would be ridiculous for me to not pick them because they're number one seeds. Were those your preseason picks? No, preseason was Bills, Niners, and then like midseason was um, Ravens, Niners. Nice. So we'll see. Pretty good overall. Anyway, subscribe, share. Hope this episode was somewhat enjoyable. If you're still here, hopefully you liked it. Until next time. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.